everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Manufacturing IT Podcast. I'm joined today by Mr. Alex Smith. Uh, Alex, uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Daniel. Um, yeah, it's quite good. Good to be here. Thanks. So, um, Alex, please give everybody listening and watching just a, a little bit of an intro into who you are, what you do and uh, where you do it. Yeah. OK, so Alex Smith, as Daniel said, uh, I work currently for SimLogic. Um, and we are a digital solutions provider um, focusing on the manufacturing sector. Um, my role particularly is um, an MES business consultant. So focusing on um, how we overcome customer challenges with our MES platform and solutions uh, and very much focused on new business and growing that business. So I've been doing it just over six months um, and sort of been working with digital solutions and IoT industry 4.0 for sort of last sort of 10 or so years. Oh, thanks, Alex. That's good in, good insight. So SimLogic are a company that I know well, and I was doing some recruiting for them last year. So yeah, good to have you here, Alex. Um, one of the things that was a really good talking point for us on the pod was um, you've written some really excellent blogs lately. Uh, I picked those up and uh, I'll leave some comments, uh, leave the links to the blog in the comments. Um, right. But I thought it would be a good chance for us to kind of chat a little bit about what you wrote and um, get your thoughts on uh, digital manufacturing, digital transformation for manufacturers um, and yeah. industry 4.0. Um, yeah, sounds good. So, so let's start with what you, what industry 4.0 means to you and uh, what's your interpretation of the, the fourth revolution? Um, it's one of those things. I, I came across uh, industry 4.0 first moving into manufacturing, but had come across it as the internet of things in the process industry before that um i i worked in in diagnostics and maintenance sort of asset management and they're all for me the same thing um yeah. and now i think people have moved more to the type of digitalization or smart factory and i think very much it, it's about using data and information from your process um to make decisions and and in a real time you know it's something it's it's uh rather than relying on on uh data that's already passed you've got it in real time and it allows you to make better decisions react quicker um you know you can build maintenance plans you could look at quality electronically all these things um to to yet yeah, make your efficiencies and and continuously improve your process I think that's a, a good overview, Alex. And and are you seeing, you know, across the work you've done in the past and, and now your your business consultant role in logic now, are you seeing certain industries taking a quicker step towards industry 410 or or uh, you know taking a quicker digitalization of their manufacturing processes versus some industries maybe lagging a little bit behind? What are you seeing? I think now is it's everywhere. I think yeah. you had early adopters, you know, you had a lot of life science, uh, oil and gas, sort of um, people with money to spend in the <laughs> early days buying into this technology. And I think it's always, people have always seen the value it brings, but people were reluctant because there can be quite a, a high upfront cost to implementing uh, a digital solution. And, you know, it takes resource and time. And I think, it just, it took momentum. It took these, these early adopters building up the stories, technology becoming easier to use, understanding of how it was going to benefit companies. So I think now we see across the board, um, you know, it's always been heavily automated 
industries uh, have always benefited from it easily but now even manual processes there's there's always a an area where moving to a digital solution um can benefit your process so it's really widespread food and bev life science um cars you know car manufacturers have been doing it for a while as well so um it's it's a hot topic definitely no definitely I, I think that's what i'm seeing as well pretty much every industry is going through some kind of digital transformation of the manufacturing process and it's taking data out and improving efficiency and all of that good stuff so no i think we're seeing the same things then um i guess the other areas i was keen to understand and you know maybe you can share some insight from your experiences you know what what are the common challenges that you're seeing manufacturers having at the moment and you know, of course, everybody's looking to, to make improvements, save money, whatever it might be. But are there a common thread or a common challenges that you're seeing with manufacturers at the moment, Alex? I think, to be honest, loosely, I'd say planning. Um, and the reason I sort of phrase that is it's planning is affected by so many different areas at the moment. Um, I mean, everyone knows currently pretty much everything. There's a global supply chain strain. Um, whether it's been, you know, the cost of containers, uh, raw material prices, or just simply being able to get product. So that's one element for a planner to take into consideration. Then, particularly in the UK, you know, in some of the um, sort of labour intensive roles, we've got quite a significant labour shortage. And it, it comes mm. in two areas, I think. You've got the sort of engineering type role where for a long time, it's not been a particularly great subject at university. So the skill set's been getting older and older and older. And yep. you've got a lot moving into retirement over the last sort of 10, 20 years. And there's been a void of experience and uh, general skill set. And then the other side, when you're looking at maybe the, the, the lower paid, I don't like to say lower skill, but lower paid jobs, um, you know, that really has been hit by sort of Brexit and the, you know, those heavily manual factory jobs, for example. So you've got twofold there, which again, your labour obviously impacts how you can plan and how you can and work. And then, you know, it's another element we see a common factor that that challenges people's planning is thing like machine availability. Um, you know, machines often um, have their lifespan maybe 10 years and they're still going 15, 20 years afterwards. It, it, you know, processes the same sort of thing. Plants are, are much older than they should be. So availability, uh, uptime, all these other areas have a huge impact on planning. And I think that for me, it, it links those sort of three areas together um, as a real hot topic for people to, to get efficiencies, to make sure they're hitting their target and their numbers. Um, so yeah, the planning area. No, I think that's that's a really fair point. And planning, and and that's not really something that I've explored too much. And um, definitely can relate to the skills gap, talent shortage, and getting getting those people into manufacturing jobs that are getting the um, shop floor, the process experience, who can actually understand some of the business pains and challenges. So I think that's definitely something we see. But also from the other end of the IT skill set as well you know, driving that IT change. So I can definitely relate to some of the things you mentioned there, Alex. Um, and I guess one of the areas also that was interesting I took from your blog was about when a company has decided to, you know, embark on a digital transformation, um, they need to air their dirty laundry. That was a phrase that you used and yeah. I really liked it. Um, you know, 
where, where does that process start and, and who starts that process from your experience in, in the business? So, yeah, it's, it's one of the things that, um, you know, when looking at sort of digital technologies, that there's, there's various different problems it can solve. And, you know, the often companies will come and they'll say, right, I want to buy an OEE system, for example, or, or MES. And that's great. And, you know, they could be sold one. But the question that I always sort of ask is why? And it's mm. understanding that why for me is critical. And that's where it sort of comes from. Having that sort of open discussion, you know, where a, your quality guys, your maintenance, your operations are all coming out and being open about, right, you know, we have this challenge here. And by everyone bringing out that dirty laundry, it allows for people to go, well, actually, yeah, we have that same problem. And it's all about aligning the business because mm. you, you could pull digital solutions in every different way and you would need an open checkbook and you would need an excessive amount of resource to implement any sort of project. So by having these discussions earlier um, and, you know, working with someone maybe with manufacturing experience, you're talking things like uh, lean manufacturing, Six Sigma, using all these sort of philosophies to, to pull out that information and then align the business and the business processes before you even think about what solution or possible project you're going to be running. I think that's a, that's an interesting area to explore as well, Alex, because, you know, the market from what we're seeing and what we hear about our customers across Europe and the US is that pretty much every manufacturer is engaging in conversations with suppliers, with solution providers about how we can transform digitally. And I guess the challenge that someone like yourself has got is knowing and evaluating which companies are ready and primed yeah. for a transformation, which one has had those challenges. And, and which ones who are maybe not as mature in their journey yet. And I guess that's a question I was keen to understand from you is mm. how are you identifying the businesses that are primed versus the ones that are not? Yeah, that's a really good point. Cause uh, you know, well, we sort of touched on it before in terms of like industry 4.0 being a buzzword and things mm. like that. So when you know, people want one, because it's what everyone else is doing, yeah. That's where it starts, as you said, it starts getting mixed. Um, the, you know, the people are they're building these teams and they're exploring it, but they're not necessarily, they're looking at the technology, you know, and they're approaching it from a technology point of view. And that often is where it gets lost. Um, and so, you know, they come, they say, right, we want to measure our OEE. And it, it's that simple question of why. And when they start going, well, well, you know, we know it can help, you know, they, they, they stutter. And in that, yeah. you can sort of get a pretty good idea. And it, to be honest, the majority of companies I speak to are still at a very early stage of understanding what digital solutions can do for them in solving their business challenges. So, you know, we, we did an exhibition last year um, and that was very much the topic of conversation was, don't worry about the software. Don't worry about OEE or quality or maintenance. Let's talk about the business first. And mm -hmm. that's really what you find is people are ready. Most people are ready, but they're not. They just need a bit of guidance. Um, and you know, critical for, for any business looking at sort of solutions is understanding the amount of change there will be for your business. You know, you can't try and take 
your business as it is and mold it into the digital solution and take it from there you know quite often you'll see companies try that they customize a product they they try and fix it and mold it and it just it doesn't work so it's that idea that understanding that if you focus on a business goal and that it's going to be a journey and a process that you will change and change the business to adapt to these new technologies that's really when a customer when that clicks then you know you're ready to start like digging deeper get those challenges and then the solution oh that makes sense and who are the key stakeholders typically are you finding out the ones that are having that mental light bulb and clicking who are the stakeholders typically within the business that you kind of you know it, every business is different um you know for me personally when i when I'm, I'm looking to engage with a with a new company i'll be looking for someone around uh continuous improvement but again the digital solutions can can resolve a number of different issues mm. so supply chain for example so you know you could head for a supply chain director or it might be maintenance or it might be quality so it really is not quite a scattergun approach but mm. it's it's looking at, at people's backgrounds and and starting a conversation and how they're approaching it and that's the way that really for me um the stakeholders are across the board and it's an important thing for a company to understand is you won't just have one person who's going to run your digital transformation. They're not going to be able to get the different stakeholders. And it will be everyone from the shop floor, so the guys and technicians who are using machines mm-hmm. and those processes through to the board level and everywhere in between. And one of the key things as well, digital solutions are bringing IT and OT much, much closer together. You know, mm-hmm. very much, there used to be quite a distinct um gap between yeah you had your ot guys looking after plc's automation everything like that and it looked after the business well now you're merging those together um but it's one of the things and it, it guys are the ones that you have to have conversations with you know, you've got cyber security you've got the infrastructure everything like that mm. but you do always need to remember it's going to be an operational tool <laughs> you know using it yeah yeah and that that's why you know when it comes to stakeholders there's so many people that you do need to get involved not through the whole process but at the right time i think that i think that's a good point and if we talk about that convergence of it and ot now and um you know in years gone by obviously there was the the larger chasm between the two and and that kind of convergence has brought both worlds together Are, are you finding that the conversations that you have with it people with ot people that they're much more aligned now on business goals, or are you still finding there's that push-pull resistance? You know, it, 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 it varies. It varies very much. You know, because it's a software platform and depending on the company, you can find IT do take a stronger or, or, or a lead in some of these projects. Mm. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, you know, there's a lot to understand uh, in terms of that infrastructure and how it's going to be used. And if you're integrating into things like SAP or any ERP system, then you have to have IT involved. Um, but different companies work differently together. And, you know, we come across them where um, they don't work particularly, you know, they are pulling against <laughs> each other. Other times they're fully aligned. So, you know, it's our role as a a solution provider to try and help bring that together at times, you know, have those conversations that 
maybe internally some companies find hard to have because yeah. you know you've got everyone wants it to work and they want it to work for different reasons so you've got to try and bring them together to you know harmonize across the business um and that way you know as long as you've got a lead it and a lead ot then usually together they'll work quite well yeah i think that um harmonization is the challenge isn't it and getting goals yeah. aligned because obviously there's different goals aligned to the ot and it sides of the business so yeah having that honest conversation and i guess it circles back to that airing the dirty laundry really kind of fleshing out what are our issues what are the key points we want to solve yeah. and how we can how we can you work with the right provider Definitely. um one of the other is and again i'm going to reference back your blogs because i thought they were really great um you know we talked or you spoke about how the businesses future proof their digital implementation or their technology implementation because that's the thing what i'm seeing is that tech is changing so much you know the emergence of newer solutions and um you know if we look at mes specifically previously on-premise monolithic huge you know systems whereas now we're getting plug and play a lot more customization a lot more, you know, um, different agile solutions and that. So, so let me ask you this: Ali. How how the businesses future proof their digital technology implementation? Yeah, yeah, and I mean everything you were saying there is spot on. And I think it's for us as a business when we're working with our customers, it's all about understanding that it is a journey, um, mm. and we we believe in you know you want to think big but start small and start fast. So what you're doing is you have your end vision. You have, you know, it might be digital twin or machine learning or AI, you know, the, the holy grail of, of digital solutions. But you're not going to get there. <laughs> Currently, you can't even get data out of your, your, your system. So you have your, your, your vision and then about breaking it down, working with someone who has that skill set to go with you all the way on that vision as well because you know you get some providers might come in implement your mes that might be their sort of cup of tea what they do well and disappear and that's great but you've got that for 10 years and you want <laughs> to continually deliver and and get value from it so i think um that's a, an important skill set is understanding where you you're going to go and then you know talking to to your partner about it you know how do they approach it are they flexible because that's one of the things your business challenge right now will be different in two years time will be different in five and ten and so on and while you're saying at the moment i want to look at you know predictive manufacturing with ai and ml well as you're moving down that journey it might change mm. you know you're gonna have to at each stage justify spending money and at times it can be quite significant money. So you want, you know, you want to be getting your return on investment or, you know, if you're looking at internal rate of return, whichever metric you're using for your investment, you need to justify that all the way along. And so when you're working with someone on a vision, you look to be flexible and that partner needs to be, you can't keep it going one way because nothing stays the same. You know, for example, we, we, we all know about the pandemic. No one ever saw that coming and no one expected these supply chain things. So you went two years ago, three years ago, no one predicted that. So yeah. hopefully, you know, nothing like that comes up again, but you just don't know. So as you mentioned there, the key being agile, being able to sort of refocus and go, right, this we have delivered. Is this now the 
best step for us have an evaluation look at you know your biggest challenges and where you're going to get value and that return on investment yeah I, I think that that's a really salient point and i guess for me what what i find fascinating now is you mentioned the pandemic and how there was um i'm trying to think beverage providers alcohol providers who repurposed their production to create yep. hand sanitizer or there was you know sterilized equipment getting repurposed on machines and i guess if anything, the pandemic shone a light on how agile a business can be. And that's where I guess the beauty is of digital twin, AI, artificial intelligence, machine learning, is that how can companies harness what they're already producing to make something that's needed at a very short notice, a la the uh, pandemic's PPE, et cetera. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, we, we see it now. I mean, um, you know, manufacturing was has quite long was a rigid process so you, you know okay i'm going to build x for this period of time maybe a week run and a batch customers you know everyone's used to amazon everyone's used to tesco's everyone's so used to i want it now da, da, da. and that is being reflected in manufacturing you know mm. uh pharma is a, an industry we see now where it their their sort of coin of phrase is customer centric so yeah. you know if someone's saying i want 50 of whatever or a small batch of something they will do that and therefore you know changeovers are more frequent planning becomes more challenging at the moment a lot of people are holding excess stock so they can offer that um short lead time that flexibility and the other area is customization is people mm. want something specific for them even you know whether it be a car or um you know the latest widget they want it to be have choices to build things in different ways and configure it because that's sort of how life has become. So, yeah. you know, definitely that is something the pandemic and I think businesses going forward um, have to bear in mind. And that's where things like digital solutions, having all that information real time to hand allows that level of flexibility that wasn't there before. Uh, no, I, I totally agree. And I think one of the things that, that, um, that has been great is we, we spoke about earlier maybe the boomer generation retiring a lot of knowledge going out of the industry and a lot of people you know not passing on that know-how of the operating or the manufacturing of the, the concrete side of the business shall we say i guess that the, the fear i have is that the younger generation coming they are au fait with digitalization they are comfortable with it solutions so we're going to get an influx of people very proficient on the digital side of business yeah. and maybe not understanding that manufacturing side and maybe not understanding those challenges about process and about yeah. stock and logistics so that's one of the um concerns that i have for, for the manufacturing space yeah and and i think it's very valid you know um but you know already companies are starting to adapt you know you're seeing ipads or tablets or mobile phones being used more and more on the shop floor mm. and what things like sort of digital solutions allow you to do is is align how your processes work to that you know i think that experience still comes but in a different way and if you haven't got if you've got someone without experience then you want them to be able to pick something up and learn in the quickest possible way um and things like you, you know you can do training on augmented reality uh, with a digital twin that can teach someone something in two hours that would have been a process that maybe took you know two weeks to start up and go through mm. so i think 
you're right, it's a concern, but that's where you then have to choose the right technology to bridge that gap. And I think it is going to be technology. You know, things like digital SOPs, where mm-hmm. you know someone has directly in front of them that manual, because that does take away the initial need for experience. Now, as time goes forward, okay. they mm-hmm. build that experience, they build that. And that's where we need the bridge to take them from where they are now and build mm-hmm. a bit of experience. I'll, I'll say touche to that. I think you, uh, I think you batted that one back really well, Alex. Now, I think, I think you highlighted a really good point there, and I think that's that's something that uh, that is definitely true. Um, and I guess one of the things that I know we spoke about and mm. we're talking about future proofing companies, future proofing their investment, working with a partner who's going to be where with them to understand the challenges, mould and adapt alongside them. But I guess talking to the manufacturers now anyone who's listening you know with so many companies offering digital solutions different offering different things how can a company or a manufacturing company identify the right partner what is the you know three four five step one step <laughs> what are your thoughts on, on helping customers identify the right partner yeah so it it's it, it's a tough one i mean for me um it all starts, and I like to say, at the sales phase. Um, and it's someone's approach to to that conversation. And it's the type of conversations you have. You know, if someone takes the time and says, well, do you know what? Actually, let's not talk about what I can sell you. Let's talk about your business. Mm. Let me understand what you're trying to achieve, why you're trying to achieve it, what's causing, you know, what the, you know, what the challenges are to achieve that. Then... You know, it is that initial conversation and having that understanding. And when companies take that time to to understand and go through that, then that's for me. That's the key for for a manufacturer for them to, you know, could they would they trust them to be able to maybe talk through their process or or mm-hmm. even present to their board what the problems are and how they're going to be solved. And that sort of next level of um openness about you know for them and the manufacturer and the consultant and those sort of things it's just i think you can pick up when someone is trying to sell you or push you down a particular way that you know makes them a sale or you know is focusing short term on okay let's get this mes system installed that's great we'll then get you a service contract and we'll see you later Mm. yeah if they're not talking to you about okay let's build this into step by step we'll have a look and we're going to be with you for 10 years 15 mm. years um it's all about those conversations all about building a relationship you know also and then aligning you know the two businesses and that's really quite key if it starts with the sales guy but then when you've got project managers when you've got the engineers if they're talking to you about your problems and also, you know, maybe giving some feedback. To, well, actually, I don't think that's right for you. We've done this in the past. Have you thought about it? You know, pushing back often is a, a real indicator to someone understanding what you're trying to do and then bringing their expertise and their knowledge to the party because mm. they're not just saying, yeah, let's take this order and, and move on. And, yeah, the, it's all conversations and relationships. No, I think I think that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think, you know, it's always great to hear someone reiterate that and give give confidence to uh, to manufacturers that there are 
business consultants out there who are taking the time to understand those challenges and feel confident to push back on on things that the customer might say. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, Alex, I think this has been a really, really great conversation. Lots of lots of wisdom shared and lots of great insights. So I appreciate you're a busy guy and um, you know everyone is uh, less hours in a day, but uh, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. No worries. Thanks for having us. Cheers, Daniel. Thank you.